Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 13, verses 6 through 16, called The Life of the Church. If I'm going to do my job, the best thing that I can do for those that I love is say to them, there's one who does not change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Think about it this way. Jesus Christ died for us on the cross yesterday. Today, he is ever, he's in heaven ever living to intercede for us, and he's coming again in the future, Right? He's coming again tomorrow, if you will, to take us back home. And forever and ever, he is faithful. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. It said at the memorial marker to John Wesley in Westminster Abbey, it bears this inscription, quote, God buries his workmen, but he carries on his work. The gates of Hades will never prevail against the church. And so we are to imitate the faith of those that we respect, those who taught us the faith from the word of God. If you're gonna follow someone, make sure that when you have a question, they take you to this and not to popular opinion. Not to someone who blows with the wind. Not to someone who says, well, you know what, the current polls say that this is what people think. No, no, no. Someone who takes you and teaches you the faith. That's what you need to follow. Go to Ephesians chapter uh, 5. Ephesians, just a few books backwards towards the Gospels. Ephesians 5. Now you're to imitate those whom you respect, who teach you the word of God, but the most important thing is that you're to imitate God. Ephesians 5.1 says this. Therefore be, remember our word for mimic? Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. You know how children love to imitate their parents and Sometimes they love to imitate our foibles as well. Have you ever had that happen to you? You're in the store. You tend to say something uh, in private when no one else can hear you. It's like the little kid who says, you know, he's driving with mom and dad, and he says, uh, Mommy, how come the idiots are only out when daddy is driving? You know, that kind of thing. I'm sure you've never gone there on the 91 freeway, you know. Now, you might say, well, how do you imitate? He's God. But see, God became a human, and verse 2, Ephesians 5 says, walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us as what? An offering. Remember what we talked about last week, an acceptable offering? An offering, a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. And then he goes into uh, keeping yourself pure, not being immoral, and he talks about... um, uh, walking in the light, verse 8, as God is in the light. Now, to put feet to this, you go, you go back to the previous chapter, chapter 4, and he gives us some things about how we imitate God and how we apply these truths. It says in verse 31, chapter 4, four let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as who? God in Christ has also forgiven you. Imitate God. Now, he's your ultimate one that you are to pattern your life after, but of course, I mentioned earlier, having a human example is always uh, profitable if it's a good example. Turn back to Hebrews. Uh, 
This is how we know what love is. 1 John 3.16, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and so we ought to lay down our lives for one another. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God when we do things and make it about others and not ourselves. It's a sweet fragrance to God. It's an acceptable sacrifice. Verse 9, Hebrews 13. Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods through which those who were thus occupied were not benefited. Now for the Jew, part of coming away from Judaism and legalism was the kosher diet. And they were told, and even the Judaizers, remember in the book of Acts, they were trying to say if a Gentile, non-Jew, comes to Christ, they got to keep the food laws of Moses. And in Acts 15, the church wrote a letter, and they said, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, We're going to tell them to abstain from blood and that ties to pagan festivals and that kind of thing, thinking that life was in the blood and all that stuff. Uh, Abstain from blood and sexual immorality and that was it. And then they said, basically, the grace of God will cover everything else. Don't tell them they can't have a bologna sandwich. Don't tell them, you know, have you been there before? You, you have a person, they've been going to a church, it's legalistic, and you wear that dress, you're going to hell. You eat that ham sandwich, you're going to hell. Everything's, you're going to hell. Wait a minute, where's grace? Right? And there are a lot of people that they, they like to get caught up in the food thing. And so he says, don't get carried away. Now, we know that sometimes in another sense, people come up to us, we become a Christian, and they say, don't get carried away, right, with that Jesus thing. Once a week, twice a month, go to church. Don't go to prayer meetings. Don't carry your Bible around on the street and try to witness to people. Don't get carried away. But then the next week, they're at a football game with half of their face blue, half of it white. They've stayed in line for five hours to get to this football game. Yeah, my hero, yeah, you know. But don't get carried away with the God who gave you life. Don't, don't say hallelujah or praise the Lord or carry a Bible around. You know, be a secret agent Christian, right? Don't carry a business card. Don't get carried away. But then some people become Christians and they get sometimes under bad teaching or they get confused and guess what? They get carried away, verse 9, by varied and strange teachings. What do they like to argue about? About your diet. Look, your menu will not make you holy. You are no more holier if you ate a broccoli salad than you are if you had a double-double at In-N-Out. Although you feel less holy if you ate the double-double. Because you usually have to recover. and uh, Looking at your treadmill, you hang your coat on it. You know, you, Right? Food will not commend us to God, 1 Corinthians 8.8. 8. We are neither the better if we eat or the worse if we don't eat. It is not about your menu. And what's ironic is that sometimes when people get caught up in these things, you know what they do? They become legalistic and prideful. Oh, you, oh you're eating. Oh. Oh. And the Bible says God is opposed to the proud, but he gives what? Grace to the humble. And here we are, we take uh, minor things and turn them into major things, and oftentimes with the major things, they become minor. Example, Jehovah's Witness comes to your door. Oh, I've been waiting for these guys. I've studied. That coffee's on. Come on in, right? Uh, dude, <laughs> I just want to talk at your doorstep, right? I've had this happen to me. And so you begin to talk, and you want to talk about God and Jesus and salvation, and they say, is that a Christmas tree I see back there? Yeah. 
you're not supposed to have a Christmas tree. Do you bow down to that Christmas tree? He said, yeah, three times a day. Oh, Christmas tree. No, right? Do you serve, have you served in the military? Is that a flag I see on the corner of your house? You salute the flag, right? Do you celebrate your birthday? And they go down on all these secondary issues and you say, let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about salvation. No, let's talk about Christmas. Right? And then the next lines come. It's a pagan holiday. What are you doing? Why do you have those lights up? And they're majoring on the minors. And the sad fact is Jehovah's Witnesses have been totally uh, corrupted, or should I say deceived, on the majors. They don't know who God is. They think that you have to work your way into salvation, but they want to argue with you about your Christmas tree. Don't get caught up in strange teachings. For it is good. How does your spiritual life get strengthened? It comes by grace. And God is opposed to the proud, but he gives what? Grace to the humble. If you want to be strengthened by grace, you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. That he might exalt you at the proper time. It is not about your menu. The kingdom of God, Romans 14, 17, is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Listen to these words. Colossians 2, 16 and 23. Therefore, let no one act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. These are matters which have to be sure the appearance of wisdom and self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. If you go lock yourself in a room, if you have a strict diet, good for you, it might do you some good, but look, Alexander McLaren sums it up. He says, there is only one thing that will put the collar on the neck of the animal within us. Don't you love that? And that is the power of the indwelling Christ. Ascetic religion, beating yourself up, keeping your, your, your body in a monastery or, or a strict diet or whatever. Ascetic religion is godless, listen to this, for its practitioners essentially worship themselves. As such, we are not to be intimidated by it. If you want to get occupied with something, get occupied with Jesus. Amen? Dr. Martin used to say it has to be driven into the hearts and souls of men, not by works, not by works, not by works. Because we tend to think as human beings, if I ate the right thing or didn't eat this thing or showed up at this place, God loves me a little bit more today. I'm, you know, I'm in good graces. Look, God chose you before the foundation of the world. Right? He adopted you into his family. You are loved by God. Does God want you to grow? Of course he does. But your sonship does, is not dependent on your diet. It's not dependent on ritual or legalism. Go to 1 Timothy for a second. 1 Timothy. Now, I grew up in a Roman Catholic family. And there were, uh, back then, and I think they've changed this now, you couldn't eat meat on Fridays. And so you ask a Catholic, why couldn't you eat meat on Fridays? And they say, I don't know. <laughs> well, then why didn't you eat meat on Fridays? I don't know. They told me not to. I remember times, mom, growing up, where I would bite into some, some meat product, <laughs> and it was a Friday, and i chomp on it, and I'd go, oh, no! <laughs> but now I've got something for the confessional. So that's good, right? Because sometimes you had to think things up, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> now, I love... Uh, there's a, a wonderful people in the Catholic Church, so don't get me wrong. I grew up in the Catholic Church, so I can get away with this a little bit more. But here's the point. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you are a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We are excited to announce we have the opportunity to broadcast on a new radio station. It's a daily program. We can be on every day like we are here, and we can be ministering to a whole new group of people. An opportunity that will help this ministry reach more people like you in Oahu, Hawaii. The door is open. The gospel is free. But the old saying is, someone's got to put in the plumbing. (laughs) Our mission with Pastor Michael's teachings is to equip listeners with God's Word in a way that helps them address today's issues, trends, and culture. In his spiritual workout plan, what is that spiritual workout plan? It's to heal. It's to get better. It's to pursue some things. And one of the things that you pursue is peace. But before we say yes to this opportunity, we could use your help. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. That's about the price to go out and get a sandwich, a bag of chips, and a drink. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. If you become one of the 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to help us expand, we could use your help. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Would you be one of the four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. Thank you so much to all of our partners, all of our listening family, all of our new listeners. We love you. Begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. They told me not to. I remember times, Mom, growing up, where I would bite into some, some meat product, <laughs> and it was a Friday, and i chomp on it, and I'd go, oh, no! But now I've got something for the confessional. So that's good, right? Because sometimes you had to think things up, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> now, I love, uh, there's a, a wonderful people in the Catholic Church, so don't get me wrong. I grew up in the Catholic Church, so I can get away with this a little bit more. But here's the point. There are a lot of recovering Catholics, and, and it's because they were kind of confused about grace. They didn't know what it was all about. They didn't know that if you die tonight, you ask a Catholic often, will you be in heaven? They said, I don't know. Because they think it's based upon something that they do. No, the heart is strengthened by grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. You can't buy salvation. You don't earn salvation. It is a gift. You don't earn a gift. You don't pay for a gift. You walk around grateful. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 4, scriptures that we've heard before, but interesting that the context says these words and go with this uh, idea of what we're talking about here. 1 Timothy 4, 1. The Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. 1 Timothy 4.2, by means of the hypocrisy of liars, that means they're actors basically, seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. Men who forbid marriage and advocate, notice this, 
abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. For it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. In pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, Paul says to Timothy. Constantly nourished on what's most important, not food, on the words of the faith and the sound doctrine which you have been following. There were many people around the time that Paul wrote who were saying, you're a Christian if you eat this and don't eat that, but you're not, and people were getting all confused. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Look at verse 3. Paul sums up the argument in this chapter. It's a great chapter to read, but he says, 1 Timothy 6.3, if anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine conforming to godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing. But he has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words out of which arise envy, strife, abusive language, evil suspicions, and have you ever been here with someone and constant friction? Every time you see them, they want to talk about the end times view that they hold. And while it's important to debate it, we don't divide over it. We don't divide over it. Constant friction between men of depraved mind and deprived of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when it's accompanied by what? Contentment. And so go back to Hebrews. So all these things that come up, sometimes in the life of the church, sad to say, people get off kilter and they get occupied with things that don't in the end really matter. What matters, Hebrews 13.10, is that we have an altar. Hebrews 13.10, from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. Hebrews 13.10, there's a few views here, but the first we have an altar uh, speaks in many's opinion of the sacrifice of Christ. We have an altar that we can go to to get nourishment. They, in this case the Jews, can't go there because they don't know Christ. The only one who can come to the altar as a Christian is the one who knows Jesus Christ to receive what? Nourishment. So that's view number one. View number two, some people think we have an altar refers uh, to the Jews, the Jewish altar, and the priests that serve at the altar or tabernacle can't eat of what's given on the Day of Atonement. Notice the flow. For the bodies, verse 11, of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin are burned, notice, outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Right in your notes, John 19, 20, where it says Jesus suffered outside the city or outside of the gate. When Jesus walked down the Via Della Rosa, the way of sufferings to Golgotha, he took his cross and he walked outside of the city gate. And in so doing, there, here was the picture. The Jews in the camp, and this is another nuance of meaning, had rejected him. As he carried his cross to Golgotha, the Jews were saying, uh, we don't want this man to rule over us. Let him take his cross and go outside the camp of Jerusalem, the precincts of the temple. Let him go somewhere else. Let him get outside the gate and let him die there. Interestingly enough, Bible students, the red heifer was both sacrificed and uh, I believe the carcass of the sacrifice was burned out side of the camp. When the children of Israel in Exodus 33, uh, Moses was up getting the law. Do you remember what they built with the help of Aaron? They threw their gold down and uh, Aaron built the golden calf. 
And the people looked at the calf. The calf was raised up and they said, this is your God who's brought you out of the land of Egypt. Remember that? Moses is up on the mountain. And as a result of that, Moses uh, erected what was called the tent of meeting. Uh, and what he, w- what he did was he erected the tent outside the camp. Uh, read Exodus 33. And what you discover is right after the people played the harlot and uh, made this, this, this is our God, God moved his tent outside the camp. He said, now if you're going to meet me, guess where you're going to meet me? Outside your camp. Because that's your God? And remember, they destroyed, uh, they uh, dusted it into powder, they threw it in the water, and what did God do? He made the Israelites drink it. Wow. Radical. He said, if that's what you want, go ahead, take it in. Drink it. You see, this, these are the pictures. Jesus Christ, that he might sanctify us by his blood. He suffered, notice verse 12, outside the gate. Hence, here's our response. Let us go out to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Jesus said, he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Jesus said to his disciples, Matthew 16, 24, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him, what? Deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Verse 13 says, let us then go to him, NIV, outside the camp, Bearing the disgrace he bore, the New English Bible says, bearing the stigma that he bore. If you're going to go to Jesus, you're going to have to leave the camp of Judaism. The recipients of the letter were being told, and if you are going to know and follow Jesus Christ, sometimes you're going to have to leave application what's comfortable, what's safe, and what you know. You've been listening to The Life of the Church, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 6 through 16. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you if you need prayer or counsel, or perhaps you have questions about Jesus and the Christian faith. Call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go. Well, when you hear about the sacrifice of praise and sharing and giving, you might say, well, you know, some of these things sound pretty hard. They challenge our selfishness. But I, I want to just capture a word, the sacrifice of praise. Sometimes it's hard to feel like praising. You know, sometimes you have to simply choose to start to praise. Sometimes you just have to simply choose to be grateful and start to count your blessings. And then your heart will follow. Some things are done out of, uh, out of obedience, no doubt. It's a sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice to share with others. But it's a good thing. See, sacrifices are good things. And though they cost you something, no sacrifice costs you nothing, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't call it a sacrifice. But the point is, is that it's a good thing because what you're doing is you're following in the footsteps of your Lord who made the ultimate sacrifice, right? I mean, no doubt, uh, he could have stayed in glory and he could have just said, eh, they're, they're not worth it. 
And when he was being treated terribly, you know, in the beating and the cross and what he endured and from his own followers who all left him on that night, you know, they all scattered. Well, you could say, uh, yep, there it is. I mean, my Lord understands sacrifice. And so if you want to get your arms around how to not be selfish, just think about Jesus. And I think it'll in in comparison, your sacrifice will be pretty minimal. Amen. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. And we've been talking about the life of the church here. And speaking of the church, I pray that you are part of a good local Bible teaching church. You know, if a church says it's Bible believing, that's nice. But it should be teaching you the Bible. And that's what we do right here on Walk in Truth. And if you believe in what we're doing, partner with us today. We've been telling you about opportunities we have, one specifically in Oahu, Hawaii. And uh, we'd like to walk through the door. And we need to hear from you today. If you can, give uh, a $20 monthly gift. That would go a long way to us walking through this open door. And you can do it today, right now, at walkintruth.com. Don't think someone else is going to do it. You're the someone else. (laughs) Walkintruth.com. Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 6 through 16, called The Life of the Church. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.